Welcome to the Pitbull Patty Show. This season, we're inviting you to take the Lit Grit Challenge by reading great literature just one hour a day, 52 books in 52 weeks, to give you the grit you need to succeed. Hey everybody, welcome to the Pitbull Patty Show. I'm Patty Stuckler, joined with Connor Stuckler. So I'm just super excited about covering this book this week. Uh, and I and I got to say, I was thinking about this. I've got so much going on in my life right now that, yep. and I know you do too. Me too I'm me too. like, the last thing I want to do is read. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, seriously, hopefully I don't have lipstick on my teeth. Do I got you're lipstick good, on my teeth? Good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I got ready so quick this morning. I'm like feeling a little frazzled. But no, I... That's that's the point. Reading is tough, actually. Yeah, to well, that's why you got to have lit grit. You do. <laughs> You're right. Maybe you, you might have been right about that I, well, framing was, of the, the way that... You might have been right. I like yeah, the sound might, of You that. might. You might. I said might. <laughs> I mean, I think you do have to have grit to read. I mean, you really have to have strength of fortitude. You have to really make a conscious decision and that habit. Otherwise, you won't do it. And to be honest with you... I'm not sure I'd be, uh, well, I already know the answer. I would not probably be reading as much as yeah. I'm doing right now. Yeah. And just a little bit of context, um, you know, Patty's building a new property down in North Beach. It's taken a whole bunch of time. She's getting ready to sell her house. Yep. Um, I just bought a new house. I'm doing total renovations to it. I'm trying to have a gangbusters start of the year as well, as, as are you. And then I'm also planning a wedding for the end of this year. So we've got... A ton going on, so so believe us when we say the last thing we want to do is be reading uh, an hour a day. But it's it's really good. I mean, it's again we're kind of having to 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 put our metal to the test. Um, yeah, it really. So I know how difficult it is. I know what you know. We're what we're encouraging people to do is difficult. Right. I think that's what we're acknowledging, and we find it difficult. I I'm like you, super busy. So. Sometimes it's like the last thing I want to do is sit there and read for an hour, an hour and a half. But the reward that you get and, um, you know, just what happens when you do read. Now, I'm talking about nonfiction books here, and I'm talking about right. good nonfiction books. So I do want to make that clarification. Not romance novels and not, not that I have anything against those or whatever else people like to read. Suspense or whatever, mystery. I don't particularly read those, but even if you like to do that, it's the nonfiction books in my humble opinion, as to where all the answers to the big questions in life are. Yeah. And I think what's great about this book, and it's, it's really timely, I feel like all of our books have been pretty timely, but the one thing I think, you know, with so much going on in our lives, it's, it's, it's a great book to kind of refocus and refresh on, you know, what, what our priorities are and to make sure that we're time blocking, especially with as crazy as our schedules get. So I'm touching on a couple of things in the, in the book and I think it's I think it's a pretty timely yeah and before we get into kind of the, the kind of the big picture about the book is really when I've talked to people who say wow I really you know enjoy your podcast they'll watch the video one or on occasion some people will watch you know listen to the mp3 on iTunes but they'll I almost get the sense that they're like well like I'm getting all the information kind of the gist of it so I don't need to read the book the reality is you need to read these books. You really do. You know, this is we're doing this to encourage people to read, right. and it's thankfully making us read. Right. <laughs> yeah, I certainly wouldn't have read as many books as I have in the last couple of weeks. That's, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah. So I mean, it, it does put a lot of pressure on you to do that. But 
if you if you read these books like this this book the one thing that we're we're going to be talking about you know you unless you read it and really delve in and spend the time it takes to read this book and then right. answer the questions that it talks about and and reflect on your life and come to your own life conclusions and purpose then we can't we can't give that to you're you. not going to get anything out of it yeah. i mean it's really important you have to put in the work and you have to read read these books yeah so the one thing it really talks about there's a lot of books on this, you know, what's your purpose, uh, purpose-driven life. There's right. a lot of books on that topic. But <clears throat> this book written by Gary Keller is fantastic because, it, to me, he breaks it down. And he has a lot of diagrams in the book, as you know. Yeah. yeah. Which are really, if you're a visual person, which most people are, it, that kind of helps break down some of the, the, the information. But he talks about, like, finding your one thing, your, your main purpose and, and it can be within different realms, like your one right. thing when it comes to your spirituality, your one thing when it comes to your, your family life, your family life, your relationships, your one thing when it comes to your business or right. your career. So you find that one thing, you know, that's your, that's your big, you know, uh, purpose. Well, to tie it back to some of the other books too, is Goals with Brian Tracy. He talks about your major definite purpose. So you can start to see there's a lot of overlap with a lot of these books. And so the one thing is... You know, to use Brian Tracy's terminology, is your is your major definite purpose. Yeah, yeah, it, that's very true. There's a lot of overlap, and that's why it's important to read these books because as you read them, it really allows the time that your brain takes to make a shift right. in how your brain is wired and how you think. And to truly retain the information. I mean, sometimes you got to kind of get beat over the head with something before you actually get it, and that's kind of what this book's, you know. Yeah. Books are doing. Oh, that's a good point. That's a very good point. You, you do, because we're stubborn people that, you know, like everybody, everybody's stubborn. Well, to, you're to stuck in your ways and you yeah. get like, you know, in your routines and you have your habits and it's hard to kind of reprogram your brain. So it's, it, you have to put in the work. You have to actually read these books and actually to, to get what the value from them. Yeah. Well, Keller talks about finding that, that major purpose and he gives lots of ways and we're not going to give you all those. You're going to have to read the book to find them out. All the ways to reflect upon things and ask the questions for you to figure out what is your purpose in life. What what drives you? What gets you excited? What would you do for free? That's kind of some of the... Right. Now, he doesn't even say some of right. that exactly that way, but that's yeah. how I interpreted it. That really, you know, what 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 gets you excited? You know, where you, you'd stay up all night to do it, you know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, but then he breaks it down into like really taking that and then niching it down, go big and then go small. Mm -hmm. Down to what is your main priority? That if you, what's the question he always asks in the book throughout? He says the, the focus question is what is the one thing that if you did that would make everything else in your life either easier or unnecessary? Right. It's such a great question, isn't it? Yeah, it's a little wordy, but. It is a little weird. Yeah, it is. Like when you asked me right there, and I thought you were going to put me on the spot to, <laughs> to remember exactly what it is. I was and you like, thought, oh. uh oh, row. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't going to do that to you. I know you've gotten mad at me before when I have. <laughs> and you're like, uh, oops, I'm not ready. <laughs> well, what did you think when you kind of, when you were reading it, what were your thoughts? Because, you know, we haven't talked about, a lot of times we'll talk about these books right. before we're sitting down like this uh, to film, but. What we haven't talked about. Yeah, this I'm glad we way. haven't, just to see how it goes. But um, <clears throat> I mean, a couple takeaways, like for me. I mean, one of the couple of things, just to back up a little bit. This book actually was recommended to me by a, a really good friend of mine, Nick DeRubio. 
um, his brother had recommended it to him and he read it. And this was when I first started to get kind of into reading and trying to make reading a habit. And so he had, he actually gave me the book. Um, I got the copy from him. Um, and, um, the other thing that was, was interesting for me was, was this Gary Keller and, and he's a, he's a real estate, you know, he founded Keller Williams. So I thought that was interesting. And that was another reason I wanted to read it because I'm obviously a real estate professional. And so I thought it would be really good to kind of, you know, see what he had to say about productivity and, and really kind of like personal development and achieving a lot of your goals. Um, the thing that I found really interesting about the book was he talks about six lies about like productivity and two of those um, were really stuck out to me. Um, like multitasking is is basically bullshit. Yeah. Uh, multitasking is a lie. Yeah. Um, and uh, everything is equal is also a lie, which I thought both of those were big takeaways for me because I'm always, especially as you know, with real estate, there's a million things going on at any given time. And so I'm constantly multitasking and it really kind of put things in perspective that, hey, I need to take a step back and really kind of uh, change the way I work and to really take things one task at a time. Because he talks about if you're doing two things at once, you're doing both things poorly. Um, well, and it's interesting to just to expand upon that, that multitasking, that word that, that you know, uh, is what's referencing in the computer. 60s, computers. Yeah. yeah, when computers were and you had the CPU, the central processing unit that could do multitask, which in reality was it just did, it did tasks so fast, so rapidly that it appeared that it was doing so right. many things at one time. It was still doing one thing at a time, just in, in um, sequence. Yeah, kind of like, in a, and he gives an example about a ballerina. Ballerina, when they're doing the, what's it called, the pirouette or whatever, they, their their feet are... Do I look like a ballerina? No, <laughs> do I? They, their feet are just moving so rapidly that it appears. So it's, you're... But the reality is when you, and the more complex the task, like, so if I'm working on like accounting, which I absolutely hate to do, I hate doing accounting and bookkeeping, but it's a necessary part of somebody's running a business. Do it. Yeah, somebody's got to do it and your dad's not going to do it. So, so it's left to me. So if I'm doing that and, you know, Caitlin, you know, my assistant ends up distracting me asking with something, asking me, hey, what about this listing? Hey, what do we need to do for whatever? Then it's like, he talks about you really need to time block and right. really have whatever the, the task is and the more complex, the more important that is, that because your brain, once it takes all this time to then regroup, refocus. Right. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. I don't remember the numbers on it, but it was like talking about how much lost productivity there is because your employees are just constantly getting interrupted and then they're having to refocus and figure out, okay, what would get back into the tasks that they were doing before they got interrupted and that it leads to hours and hours and lost productivity, which I thought was really interesting. Mm -hmm. And so true. Mm -hmm. I mean, especially with real estate, the hardest thing I have is figuring out what to do next because there's a million things you could do. And so you got to prioritize them. Um, sometimes I wish I had somebody just tell me, Hey, you got to do X, Y, and Z, and then I could just do it. But that's, that's, you know, one of the challenges is figuring out what to do next Yeah. and taking that mental energy to figure out. So when you get distracted, it just amplifies that. Well, so he talks about time blocking, but he says time block, you know, your tasks. First, you got to do the work, the, the groundwork to figure out what your major the, purpose is, yeah. your big purpose, your, your one thing. When he talks about time blocking planning, too, yeah. just you got to time block to plan to plan to time block. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds complicated, but it's really not. I mean, you just have to get out your calendar and say, okay, once you do all the, the research and you figure out what then your priorities are and your, the small things that are so essential, 
to accomplishing your accomplishing your big goal, then you need to put that, you know, time and he suggests four hours, which just seems like a really long yeah. time, doesn't it? Yeah. To do whatever that one thing is. And then and then he talks about uh, time blocking planning and time blocking time, time off, off yeah. which is essential too. But I think like what you were just saying, I think the average person, you know, we do find it difficult to to have the <clears throat> the, the um, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of the you know the vision. Yes. That's it. That the vision. Yeah, it, it's it's. I think it's hard for most people to have the vision mm-hmm. to really say, okay, this is where I want to go for my life, and then back it down. Go from he talks about that goal setting now or whatever, and he and he goes back from okay, here's my five year plan. And then what do I need to do within a one year? And then what do I need to do? Yeah, all the way to month, to day, to week, and so forth. So he breaks it all down into, okay, let's back it, you know, out that way. But that's hard to do. I think people, it's easier to just go eat a sandwich. I mean, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I thought (laughs) one thing, well, and to piggyback off what you're saying is uh, one of the things I thought was really interesting is he talks about most people's to-do lists are, are more survival lists. And they're just... You know, instead of setting you up to, to, to progress in your career or to take the next steps in whatever your goal is, you're mostly just trying to get through the day. And I thought that was really interesting and really kind of spoke to me because a lot of times you're, especially with real estate, you know, you get a you get a bunch of messages and all of a sudden you're trying to put out fires. So then it's like you spend your whole day just putting out fires and not actually taking the time to plan and to to take the next steps to, to advance your career and to, to really reach some of your goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was really a good example of like, you know, most to-do lists are a survival list. I thought, I don't know, that really was interesting to me. Yeah, I, I thought he had so many great things. And in fact, uh, if you get a chance to read, and I just want to backtrack a little bit as far as like this, we're talking about the one thing here, but and in the end, we'll talk about the book that we'll cover for next week. If sometimes we hop around, I can tell you and I, cause, because we're like, our brains are... We're going over all those things from a from any particular book. If you read the book ahead of time with us, if you get the opportunity and the chance to do that, please do it. We would encourage you to do it because if you do that, then it doesn't sound so hop around, I guess. Right. Or, it may, it'll make a lot more uh, sense. More, and, um, and you're going to get that much more out of it. Yeah. One thing I thought was interesting, too, was one of the six lies was that everything is equal. And he talks about the Pareto Principle, which is the 80-20 rule. Um, that, you know, 80% of your results are going to come from 20% of your actions. So those 20% of your actions are what you need to time block for and dedicate a lot of your time, which is a resource, to. Um, because, you know, actions have dis- disproportionate results. Mm-hmm. And so you need to, you know, kind of narrow in on what actions are giving you the highest results and then focus your time on that and to really time block and to protect those actions because those are where the highest productivity comes from. And that's the hardest part for me is to to protect my time right it's hard to say no to all the volunteer things that you know you can do or people ask you to do and and you want to do and so uh or anything else i mean just so many commitments and and you know as you know i mean we've got such a huge family on both sides so there's always a lot of family obligations it's really hard to protect your you know your one thing and your task to, so that you have the time to do them. Right. I mean, you can really spend all your time doing everything but that. Yeah. So I just thought it was really interesting that he also talks about habits, which we've talked a lot about yeah. before. Yeah. And he talks about that 
um, that it's more like 66 days. Well, that's what I said in one of the earlier podcasts. I couldn't remember what book it was from. It's probably it was, from it this. Was this, yeah. Book. yeah. That it actually takes longer because some people have, I hear 21 days and lots of other 14 days. And really, the reality is the, yeah. the, the, bit, the more difficult the habit that you're trying to either acquire or break. It's the, the longer it's going to take to right. actually, but 66 is, he suggests is more the average right. to do that, mm -hmm. to acquire, like to read every day. Yeah. 66 days, reading every day where you get in the habit, then you're more likely to just keep doing it because yeah. it's easier. And one thing for me is like, I, I, after reading this book, I realized how important time blocking is. And that's something that Haley in particular likes to do. She's a little more organized type A than I am. Uh, Haley's my sister. Um, but... After reading this book, I realized how important it is, and that I was going to need to do it with my ever, you know, increasingly busy life. You know, getting married, buying a new house, renovations, whatever. Um, so I started. I mean, the first thing I learned to time block was was reading for an hour. So I, I really kind of credit this book and the importance of time blocking for for me actually getting started on kind of the liquid journey before it became a podcast mm -hmm. um, and being able to time block. You know, in the mornings, usually, usually I read from eight to nine in the morning, and I time block an hour to read for an hour, and that's how I'm able to kind of get get the reading done I need to. Yeah, well, and he talks about uh, a lot of really interesting things in here. When he talks about big, is um, you know, big is big, a lot of times people will say big is bad, that mm -hmm. we're kind of conditioned that big is bad, but the reality is, big is good. Mm -hmm. You got to think big. And, and really like think big and start small. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. such a good way to put it. And you know, and I've got all my notes and my, uh, I write all over the books. I know that drives you crazy, but <laughs> for me, it's like, hey, this is my book. So, right. I mean, like, see, I, I like I to give to, my books to other people. I like, to, you know, well, if I give this to somebody else, they're going to see some great notes, <laughs> 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 but he, one of the quotes he, that I love that he has in here is a quote by, uh, George Bernard Shaw. And it says, Life isn't about finding yourself. Life is about creating yourself. Yeah. And I just think that is so awesome. I love that quote. Yeah. I just think that we we don't realize that we are the master of our life, that we get to create, um, you know, whatever we become, that we don't need to be the ship that goes out into the ocean that has no destination, that's just floating around and letting the tides take it where right. it wants. And that's what, unfortunately, I think, sadly, do. for, yeah, I think for too many people, it's, they just kind of fall into a job, fall into a relationship, they kind of, whatever it is, they don't actually plan it out. And, you know, when it was talking about in here, and it talks about so many great things, when it talks about, like, your stretch goals, first you have the um, goals that are doable, then you have the stretch goals, and then you have the possibility, and and mm -hmm. as you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready to, to break ground here pretty soon on a really cool, unusual project. It's a mixed use where we'll have our office, our business, which is a commercial space on the lowest level. And then the two, uh, the second and third floor will be our residence, you know, in North Beach. And that's like crazy to me. I mean, I do understand that other people I've talked to are like, wow, that's so, like, who does like, why that? Why are you doing why that? Why are you doing that? I have a fabulous home that I've, you know, on one acre that I've had for 15 years now and swimming pool and life is good. You know, why, you know, my house is almost paid off. Why do that? But for me, and I can only speak for myself, I look at life as, you know, you get one shot. Right. You get, you know, this, you don't get, this isn't a test run. You get one shot and then you're dead. 
I don't, the thought, the thought of, you know, living in my house. This is who raised me. And just, <laughs> and just staying in one space and just coasting is just sickening to me. I know yeah. it sounds terrible to say probably because I'm so blessed and I do know that. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like I have to, I have to just She's go. Yeah, I know. I'm a bit of a freak. I just have to go and do and explore. And, and this book also, when I was reading it, and I know we need to kind of wrap it up so we don't go too long. But, you know, when I was reading it, I was cognizant of him talking about the journey, that you need to find happiness in the journey. So it's not about finding happiness when you reach that big, huge goal. And believe me, what I'm doing right now is not the final goal. It's just the it's big goal the I'm next, working on right yeah. now. But... um. But but in the journey, because I'm getting ready to move to a you know to a rental property that we have, sell my house, move you know temporarily there while the new place is being built. So it's going to be a really crazy 2020 yeah. for me, like nuts. It's going to be stressful. So if we stay with the wick rent. You have no. <laughs> if excuse. you can do it, trust me. <laughs> right. If I can do it this year and YouTube moving also, it, it's then you can do it. Trust me. I mean it's crazy, but it's. It's worth the journey to to delve into these topics and really push yourself and discover, yeah. you know, not just, you know, like it says, not just find out who you are, but create, create who yeah. you are. Yeah, that's a so great, cool. that's a great quote. That's a really great quote. And I think her place, I mean, it's a lot of work, but it's going to be totally worth it. And that's why I bought my new home in North Beach, because I'm going to be able to walk two blocks and go to the office. We can and jog. It's going to, yeah, walk my dog, walk Brady. So it's, <laughs> it's going to be really, really, it's going to be worth it, but it is a lot right now, but it's, it's a, it's a great, you know, it's, adventure. And it's it's a very stressful. Yeah. And I don't know how I'm going to like living so close to other people. I've been in the suburbs for a very long time now and used to like having a lot of space. It's going to be nuts to have neighbors like. So now you're you know, really thinking, what the hell is she doing? Man? Yeah, I know. Why am I, but how fun, how fun is life? Right? That's right. And if I don't like it, trust me, then then I'll you know, I'll bob and weave and I'll I'll go buy something else and do something else. Right? Okay, so what are we gonna be doing? You can give the highlights of what So this is cover. um that same author as the as the power of habit, Charles Duhigg, one of my favorite authors. I think it's he's phenomenal, the way he interweaves different stories to kind of keep make it a page turner, keeps your interest and gives you really good information. Um, this is a, his the second book he's written, I believe it's the second book. Um, he just came out with this, I believe last year, smarter, better, uh, no smarter, faster, better. Uh, it's a great book. It's about tackling productivity and achieving your goals. Um, you know, common theme throughout our thing, but, uh, it's a really, really fascinating book. It's a really good book. It breaks down like the smart goals, uh, specific, measurable, um, achievable, result oriented in time. Okay. Now. You don't need to give the whole, like, <laughs> <laughs> whatever, but it's, I, in uh, fact, it's I a haven't read this one yet. You've transformative read power of real productivity. It's a great book and um, I'm really excited. To so read I will be reading this as well. I mean, most of these books I've already read, like the one thing I read, but I read it a long time yeah, ago. Yeah. So it was a great, it was and I'm about most of read. these books, but she's yeah. read it. You know, most each, of them. We've each read yeah. So, uh, um, so yeah. it was great to reread this one because I got so much more out of it. This second time around, so great. But I'm really excited to read this myself, so it's going to be very cool. So anyway, so let's wrap this up. Hopefully you are getting something out of the Lit Grit Challenge and, and reading some books, even if you're not reading all of these. But read these books. Read these books, yeah. Stop yeah. giving them an out. Yeah, I know. John, John, oh my God, that was a Freudian slip there. Connor, <laughs> Connor was saying to me, don't tell people... Not to, that they can read other nonfictions. Tell them they need to read these books. You is did that, say that. Is that how I talk, though? Yeah, you talk, you talk just like that. <laughs> <laughs>
right, guys, tune in next week for the Pitbull Patty Show. It's the Lit Grit Challenge. Yeah, happy reading.